Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor. On today's show, we have a conversation that I think is pretty fab, but back to that in a second. If you're brand new, welcome. This is a show through which we talk to some of the most interesting and exciting brands out there today to learn how they mobilize their masses to become more authentic. And today I'm on with FabFitFun and their VP of Marketing, Leslie Emmons Berthay. Now, FabFitFun has done a lot to, and I quote, deliver happiness and well-being to everyone everywhere. But marketing wasn't always what Leslie did. We talk a little bit about her journey to this point, as well as some of the ways in which she is capturing the stories of fat, fit, fun consumers, as well as some of the ways in which they are forming their own communities, which I thought particularly interesting. I haven't talked about it too much on this show, but the ways in which communities organically form underneath a brand umbrella, underneath even a brand's own efforts, is of particular interest because that's when you know you're doing things in a particular grassroots and authentic way. So I asked her about that as well as of course towards the end got advice on how to build more authentic brands and develop better relationships with people but as you know that always happens i had a really great conversation here i think that leslie is a great speaker and she speaks thoughtfully as well so i hope you enjoyed this next half hour you'll learn a little bit about what fab fit fun is and maybe you'll check them out but i'll let you make that decision after the fact and for now just listen in this is our episode from today with from fab fit fun leslie emmons berthay all right, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm here with Leslie Emmons Berthay from FabFitFun. Leslie, thank you so much for coming on this show. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Glad to be here with you, Adam. I'm glad to talk to you because I've seen FabFitFun uh, more often than not recently. I don't know if it was new TV spots or something, but you came into mind. And of course, on this show, I've certainly talked with a bunch of folks in in consumer-facing brands and subscription, and I want to learn about all that from your perspective and what it means and what it has meant through these current contexts. But the first thing I want to know, as I ask everybody, is what about FabFitFun drew you in. You spent plenty of time at other organizations, whether it be in fashion, whether it be in DTC, uh, including with organizations who have appeared on this show before. And so I'm just curious, how did they loop you in over there about four years ago? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'd say the story arc of my career is getting closer and closer to the revenue generating side of the business. So I, like you said, I've been a a couple of places, but I started in investment banking, which is where I I get my analytical chops. Uh, I found it to be very outside looking in, however, and I wanted to go in-house and be a part of building something. So I found out about a role at Ralph Lauren and FP&A. I had no idea what FP&A was when I first heard of it, but the more I learned about the role and the more I the more I realized that it would provide me the exact experience I was looking for. Finance was my foot in the door, but managing the P&Ls for all of Ralph Lauren's full price retail stores in the US meant that all lines kind of passed through me. It was a great experience. Technically, I leveled up through finance, but my day-to-day involved working with business partners across the organization to make our business successful. This included working with the merchants, planners, and marketing to plan the top line, managing a hefty operational budget, and collaborating with almost uh, every function. So um, I could have been pretty heads down, but what allowed me to excel there was uh, I had a point of view. 
I, I cared about thinking about the psychology of the consumer. So a lot of these marketing themes starting to come in, you know, I think in marketing, it's important to, you know, know things about media buying and, you know, all that good stuff, but having a holistic, you know, view of the business also helps. So you, you can see where you, you fit in, in the big scheme of things. Um, I loved thinking about why he or she would buy this or that. And it was a great way to get a fundamental learning about what business was. So you know, unfortunately, it was still very much a support function. I wanted to be able to give my opinion when it came to merch and marketing, and I decided to make a pivot. Around that same time, and based on where I was in my career, I started to think about business school and wanted to take the time to retool and think about next steps. So uh, long story long, I ended up at Stanford GSB, um, which <laughs> had nothing to do with retail at the time. But <laughs> How do you just you know? <laughs> end up with GSP? That's like the number one business school out there. <laughs> well, it was a great experience. And, you know, I kind of stuck out like a sore thumb in the beginning. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, everyone, it seemed, had you know, some sort of business plan and wanted to work at some startup I had never heard of. But I thought it'd be really interesting to learn from people who think outside of the box. And, you know, even though I was the one who wanted to take the fashion and, and retail scene by storm, um, it was an awesome experience and, and um, met great people. While I was there, I helped a friend launch her business. Uh, while everyone was traveling for spring break and doing very sexy things, I came back to LA and, went and wrote a business plan for a now pretty successful designer based in LA. And so, you know, long story short, I, I got my dream job, um, which was in the fashion space. But once I was there, I realized that I missed that other, you know, entrepreneurial work that I had done while at business school. So in the end, I was bit by the startup bug and uh, started to think about what could be next. So I ended up meeting the founders of a company called Club W, which has since rebranded to Wink and built that company from the start. I was the first marketing hire. And what's interesting now is that most of the roles that report to me, I've done at one point or another. So, you know, the way I, I built that business was I would build up a channel to steady state and I would hire someone to replace me and then I'd move on to the next channel test. And I was really happy there, but had been watching FabFitFun from afar. Um, when I got the opportunity to interview with the team, I recognized that they were building something very special. I was initially inspired by the team, to be honest. Um, the mission and their vision, they were clearly hiring smart and motivated people who genuinely cared about the mission. It was also an interesting opportunity to flex my marketing skills to a broader set of consumers. So I was already a FabFitFun member before I became a FabFitFun employee. But once I was a FabFitFun employee, I delved into the membership in a whole new way. I got to know our members more. I saw the stories that they shared. And I became inspired on a totally different level. I would spend hours in our community, which is our online social forum behind the paywall, and see firsthand our member testimonials and how we were affecting people's lives for the better. So of course, uh, in my many hours in our community, of course, there was a lot of talk about our product, feedback that was both good and bad. But there were also stories of, uh, you know, depression and, you know, how people were, you know, were battling um some of their own obstacles and stories about how, you know, investing in self-care through a FabFitFun purchase and a FabFitFun box helped 
uh, other people get through those dark times. Or another story that I'll never forget was a woman who was talking about how her house had been destroyed in a tornado and she was literally digging through the rubble and somehow her FabFitFun box had been delivered and her husband came through the rubble uh, holding her FabFitFun box and she just burst into tears. And it was just so inspiring um, to see these real stories. If someone had told me these stories, I, I have to be honest, I wouldn't have believed them. But reading them myself and, and, and interacting with our members um, and seeing how they lean on each other for support in all sorts of ways really gave purpose to everything that we were doing and continues to this day to, to give purpose to everything I do. So I now oversee acquisition and media buying, retention and engagement, as well as consumer insights. So a number of big uh, responsibilities that you have here. I want to get into those stories a little more a little bit later on in the show. Uh, and, and listeners, if, if you are if you are interested in, in hearing more from those founders of Club W, well, just head on to an episode we did last September with uh, Jeff McFarlane and Brian Smith. You can hear more there. Uh, so I want to turn, Leslie, to your Instagram for a moment. Of course, FabFitFun is not your own, through which it is postured that you are delivering happiness and well-being to everyone everywhere. Now, a tall order, but you get to run the teams that actually do the delivering of it in terms of the message that you bring to the market and the stories which you get in return. I'm curious first as to thinking about building your team out and thinking about building the brand out, what are some of the guiding principles that you've built over the years, uh, whether it be through those outside looking in moments or whether it be as you get closer to the revenue generation part of businesses that, it, that have helped your team get better every day at the ways uh, that inspire those stories and connecting def differently and directly with the people who uh, are the recipients of that happiness? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I always aim to meet the customer where they are. So FabFitFun was actually founded on the idea that we didn't want to be someone telling you what to be or how to live. But we wanted to act as your best friend who happened to be an expert in all things fashion, fitness, beauty, and wellness. We wanted, to be, we wanted to be approachable and real, and that's the same vision we have with our marketing practices. We want people to look at FabFitFun when they see an unboxing, an ad, a TV placement, like you said, whatever it may be, and not be intimidated, but instead feel invited. We want to meet people in their comfort zone and invite them into this world of discovery that we offer. Well, for me, I've seen you, and I mentioned that TV spot at the beginning because that's where I've been as the consumer, especially right now. I've been in front of my computer screen. I've been in front of the TV screen. I've been in front of a lot of a screen. I haven't really been <laughs> outside, which I think most people haven't been. And that makes me wonder, These that principle being where the consumer is, it's changed the tactics undoubtedly that you've had during these last couple months. But more broadly, I just want to get in your head a little bit about how the way you've been pushing your team forward has changed or has been modified through this current context, through the pandemic. Undoubtedly, you're not only communicating with your consumers in a slightly different way, but you're also communicating internally in a slightly different way. And I'm interested in some of those changes and what might result from those changes, what might stick going forward. Um, and as a part of that, if we can get into some extra credit about what can, what you think will keep consumers bringing, coming back, you know, as a result of those changes, that would be interesting too. But I'm just curious as to how the pandemic has changed you and the way that you lead? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, it's changed a lot of things, right? Um, but 
From a marketing messaging standpoint, we've stayed pretty tried and true through the pandemic. We've always been focused on enhancing the lives of our members through our marketing efforts. So to be honest, it's it's been really great to see that the messaging that we always have had um, has resonated in a, in a very significant way. So, um, you know, of course, there were some business changes that we made, but from a, from a messaging perspective, it's really resonated. So we've seen people sort of more willing to dive in. I, I remember one tweet in, in particular that said, you know, I was at a on a different website and I, you know, I was at home. I'm stuck at home. I can't do anything. And, you know, I had this huge cart um, and it was just way too expensive. So I finally decided to buy that FabFitFun box and I'm so excited for it to arrive. So I love seeing things like that. From a merchandising perspective, uh, we've ramped up on essential items. So think things like at-home workouts, shampoos, conditioners, love, masks, etc. You know, anything that you need to take care of yourself in life and in general, but particularly during these times and especially when you might not be as mobile as you once were. But our message has always been one of self-care and putting you first. So um, that is something that is undoubtedly necessary during this time and we're leaning into even more and it's been great to see that resonating. An example of a pivot we did have to make, though, might be when it came to the theme for our summer box. So it was originally tied into the Olympics with the theme of light the torch. But as the Olympics was postponed, uh, we pivoted our messaging to you got this. So that was something that everyone needs to hear right now, especially us. And we always want to be that voice of encouragement, happiness, and hope. So we were able to use a lot of the same assets. We still worked with the amazing Gabby Douglas, who was on the cover of our magazine. But it had a slightly different tone and point of view, given you know, that the Olympics was no longer happening. And so instead of asking you know, what she was doing to rev up for the Olympics, it was more around what are you doing to take care of yourself and you know, how she's coping. And so... Um, still a really relevant message, but a slightly different tone. Sure. Yeah, that would have been a really cool thing had the Olympics kept going. But I'm sure as you all began to see uh, you know, ad copy come out for, uh, you know, stopping the spread of the virus and specifically the, uh, I guess, imagery of matches being lit and then one being pulled away was actually the opposite of lighting the torch that was becoming popular. And so I'm glad that you were able to take a lot of what you had and translate them into a better more personal wellness, self-care focused thing. It's something that I've noticed during this time as well is that self-care and uh, personal wellness and health and being nutritious, that's certainly become more important. Actually, I would think that that both sides of the, the health spectrum have become uh, more dramatized. One about people who are using this time to really you know, better themselves and then other people who are uh, you know, now in a position where they need to start thinking about it. And so either way, it's become a really interesting opportunity for folks who are involved in this, especially those who are involved in subscription type businesses to, uh, to, be, to be there and providing in that way. As a quick corollary to that, have you noticed whether it be in the data that's come through in reviews from products that you've had or interest in products going forward, that it that there has been interest in any specific category or type of products that you provide within the mix? Or is it still just been the same, just give me the same type of boxes over time because I need to keep some sort of normalcy? I'm curious, just because some of the conversations I've had recently would, would suggest one thing, but I want to know it directly from you. Sure. Yeah. So there were a couple other pivots that we did. I mean, I think generally the overall um, message of self-care and most of our products have really resonated. But, 
you know, like I said before, um, you know, another thing that we did in terms of a pivot around coronavirus was we have a lot of content on our platform, FabFitFun TV. So a lot of at-home workouts, cooking content, um, you know, exclusive content with some of our, our talent partners that we work with. So one of the things that we did was uh, open up that. It usually lives behind the paywall, but we opened that up um, to, you know, all people. You didn't have to be a FabFitFun member to to partake in that. So, you know, we definitely saw, had a lot of positive sentiment around that. And then I think from a, again, going back to the merchandising component, you know, in a time where there where stores were sold out and, and things were sparse, we were able to, we had um, some, some products already and were able to get our hands on things like masks and gloves and hand sanitizer. And, you know, FabFitFun is definitely well known for our subscription box product. But another membership perk is that we have amazing e-commerce sales um, for our members throughout the years. And so another pivot that we did was add another e-commerce sale, which you would think might be counterintuitive, but uh, to to what the times were. But again, people were at home and people were looking for things that they couldn't they couldn't access and we had access. So we wanted to bring that to our members and give people access to that. And so, you know, of course, like I said, you know, face masks and beauty products and at-home fitness continues to be as important as it was. But we were able to, uh, we did see an uptick in, you know, some of those essential items that we were able to offer as well. So definitely people leaning into that more and grateful that they could get that through FabFitFun. Yeah, that's the hypothesis that I figured would have been proven out there. And, and the access has been the most interesting thing. I've talked with folks in food specifically, and especially food with people's uh, dietary restrictions being what they are and the interest in organic and that sort of thing. Not the easiest to find, especially when there is a run on, you know, the grocery store or the run on the Costco. And that's been an interesting thing, too. So good to good to good to hear about Good to learn a little bit on on this side of the on this side of the essentials. But let's talk uh, for a second about those people who are enjoying that access, specifically the people who uh, you are delivering to and the communities they're in. And that, that's an important part of the next point here, because as uh, I had found out through some of our pre-conversations, yes, listeners, we do prepare these, uh, I had learned from you that that is not only central to the way that FabFitFun grows, but also ways in which things are, the, the root system of the business is also growing. People who have, uh, you know, subscribers uh, who get together or they form little communities underneath the brand umbrella, maybe in their own social communities or things like that. Let's tiptoe into that a little bit. And I want to learn some of the ways in which you're encouraging folks to share stories, of course, leading to some of the stories you told me at the beginning. But let's just talk about the importance of community first. And the I don't know if root system is the right word to put it, but like the way in which it has manifested over the years. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I mentioned it earlier and it's it's because it's it's something that I I personally go to as, you know, a marketer at FabFitFun to connect one to one with our consumers. Um, and it's it's how we it's a it's a great feedback uh, mechanism. Uh, one of our, our co-founders, Katie Kitchens, talks about the community as, you know, the fourth founding member of, you know, FabFitFun. So our community is a huge pillar of our brand. We essentially have a social network built into our membership, which lives behind a paywall and allows our members to connect with one another and form meaningful relationships. So, you know, I mentioned it before, we encourage honest feedback to us, 
both the good and the bad, and, and they're honest on both sides. <laughs> and we also encourage connection amongst our members. The community really started off as a sort of place to speak with customer service, but it's evolved into something really beautiful and inspiring. For example, we've seen women cross state lines to meet friends in real life. So this is them acting on their own. Um, you know, they've met in our community and um, they decide to do a meetup and we, and we love encouraging it. We love the pictures that they send us afterwards. And it's, it really helps with that community feel and bring it to, to life. We've also seen members send each other flowers and help each other through hard times. So it's organically turned into something incredibly meaningful for so many of our members. We've also since invested our own resources to build out the community and its offerings. Uh, so an example of that is our newly launched book club. And in case anyone's interested, we're currently reading Big Summer by Jennifer Weiner. So um, lots of ways to interact with FabFitFun. Like I said, a lot of talk about our actual product and what goes into the box and our business model, but a lot of talk about other things and um, just the everyday. And again, going back to you know, people trying to find meaning and connection during this time. I'm so proud that our community has been a place where people can find that friendship and support. And going back to what you said at the at the very beginning of this, these stories are happening all the time. Some make it to your desk. I'm sure many make it to your desk. I referenced your Instagram feed earlier. Plenty of stories are making it there too. I'm curious as to some of those that stand out and how they may work in concert with work that you may do with influencers. Now, the reason I ask about this, of course, is because these are industries which are very influencer heavy and they can have a huge impact on the way that those communities form and the way that new business comes about. But what I've also seen when I talk to folks is that the way in which influencers are leveraged and the way in which stories of real consumers are leveraged aren't always the exact same. And so I'm curious as you build this marketing puzzle out through the multiple disciplines that you own and as you seek to master one and move on to the next, what are the ways in which influencer stories and real consumer stories are coming together to be two pieces to the puzzle? Yeah, so as you alluded to, every season we work with hundreds of partners to help us spread the word about our new seasonal box launches. So they do these unboxings of their FabFitFun items, and we work with a diverse group of influencers on a number of social platforms. So, you know, as a prospect or a member, if you were to look up FabFitFun for the first time on social media, you most likely find some of our unboxings. There is this virality to the unboxing, and it encourages our members to do the same, to really recreate their own version for their own audiences. And we love to see that. So every season, you know, we work with hundreds of partners, but we also see thousands of pieces of user-generated content using the same exact format. Um, and there's something really real and really raw about it. We, we love seeing our members... Um, you know, reacting and using their product while they also get to be a part of our program. And it, it, it really adds to the overall sense of the community. You know, we talk about big C community, which is our, our social platform and little C community, which is just all of our platforms and our membership and how everyone comes together. And we love to see, um, you know, obviously love the partners we work with, but also love to see the, the content generated by our members and see it in real life, them interacting with, you know, the products that we've so carefully curated to send them. 
Well, of course, absolutely, you would you would want to do that. And how great is it that uh, the two come together so well? In fact, the first story that you told me, you know, that it doesn't matter whether that comes from an influencer or somebody who isn't necessarily one of the partners that do the unboxing. You know, it's just as important to be able to share those stories and and also to leverage the community as that uh, as that extra founding member. You know, some would say that that is the root of what what is being authentic. Well, it it is by you know. Uh, walking the talk. And if the talk is that community is our fourth founding member, well, you better you better cite tell those stories of the fourth founding member. Now, here's something else that I want to ask about. And it's a question which I've asked uh, a lot of folks about. And frankly, the word's a little buzzy these days. But the folks that you cater to right now, the happiness that you deliver every single day is not just related, of course, to the products that you have. It's also related to the ways in which you're contributing. And so I'm going to touch on a, uh, a word that starts with P that a lot of people are talking about right now, especially when it comes to walking the talk, and that's purpose. Now, obviously, there are current contexts out there that now, right now that require contribution, require a strong voice and a strong action. And I'm curious as to how that trickles into the way that you're building building the brand. If there are specific causes that you're going after, if there are causes that have been as a result of that extra founding member coming and saying, hey, this is important, please do something or help us by doing something. I'm curious as to how that has become part of the story too. And whether that's as a result of the right now or the always has been. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So on a high level, our mission is to deliver happiness and well-being to everyone everywhere. We do that by providing product discovery to our members, by offering a social platform, our community where our members can truly connect and make meaningful friendships, and through our charity partnerships each season. So, you know, on a high level, we're all about self-care and helping others find their joy. But to your specific question about, you know, some of the partners we work with, um, that has been something that's always been a part of our mission. So as part of our seasonal box launches, um, you know, we also work with a, a different charity partner every season to, you know, use our platform to give them a voice and to bring, you know, a spotlight to a specific cause. So it's really great that that's already ingrained in, in everything that we do. And I think it's it's more important than ever. So um, we already had a charity partner that we were already working with um, in our summer season, for example, which was the Special Olympics. But a, another example of, you know, going back to your earlier question about a pivot is that, you know, we thought, well, what else can we do? We have this amazing platform. Our members are so generous in their giving um, through our e-commerce sales and whatnot. What else can we do? So we decided to add an organization called No Kid Hungry, um, which was really taking on the, the idea that, you know, as schools shut down and as so many children are dependent on schools as, you know, a source of, of food and nutrition, we wanted to do our part to lend our voice to them. And so that's another idea. That's another example, excuse me, of, um, you know, adding on another charity partner. Again, something that we always do, but um, an example of a pivot that we made um, because of the times. Well, it's good because, you know, similar to the way in which you have new partners to deliver media, similar to the way in which you have new partners to tell your story every quarter to unbox, so too does it make sense to have new partners in the way that you're contributing over time to the community. And I think delivering happiness and well-being, it, it makes a lot of sense there, as you said. 
because well-being is much more encompassing than just having uh, a quarterly box of, of the new trendy thing or the fashion or the self-care, all that stuff, which is great and people love. It's the reason why you have all the members you have and why you keep them smiling. But the fact that you can also keep them smiling from the inside out with regard to the issues that matter, with regard to causes that are meaningful and significant, that's great too. I love asking that question every time and I know it's a little buzzy right now and I know people love to talk about it. I kind of like to ask it because of that, but also it's important just for me personally to wonder, hey, how are these folks walking the talk? Sounds like you're doing it. That's exactly right. And, you know, I've done a lot of talking about community in our time together and, you know, the community, meaning the social platform, but there's also that broader community that I alluded to. Um, And when we think about community broadly, we also think of, you know, our members and what's going on in their communities and how we can use our platform to affect change there or other people who may not be FabFitFund members, um, but just generally improving the community around us and around the world, which is why, you know, the, the, the social component is so important to us. There with you 100%. Well, let me ask you about, about the, the spirit of that. Because at the end of the day on this show, what we like to talk about is forming authentic connections, using that A word. How do brands become more authentic? What is it? How do people even define it? Well, the way, I don't know how to define it, by the way, but the way that I try to get there, to approximate it, is by asking the guests that appear for some advice. Listeners know well what's coming, 110 some episodes in, and we ask this question all the time. But I want to know specifically from you, Leslie, what your top tips are when it comes to building more authentic brands. And the way that this sometimes manifests is in a particular story that touches the guest or in a particular piece of advice that they've received over the years or in a particular learning they've had or in a pitfall they've avoided or even a mistake made. But generally speaking, the people who listen to this show love to emulate the journeys of those who appear and who have perspectives to share. Clearly, over the last couple of years, it's clear that you have led FabFitFun in a way which has uh, grown to this incredible source of happiness and well-being, but also a way which is contributing to the community and in response to their desires, effectively giving a a human face to this unnamed fourth founding member, uh, the community. And I want to know from you how you continue to do that and what advice you may have to others who are trying to do that for for themselves. It's a big old question. It's the last one. I won't ask you any more <laughs> after it, but I'm curious what your advice there might be. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Sink your teeth well, into that one. I'd say knowing <laughs> you. <laughs> Let's see. Last question. Well, I'd say knowing your customer and knowing your brand is an important part. So FabFitFun is a voice for everyone. We empower our members to help establish that voice. And I do think that's why we've been successful in being authentic in both our message and in our mission. We're all complex individuals with unique needs and understanding that FabFitFun to me may be a different FabFitFun than you seek and love is what makes us interesting and what can make our message resonate even further. So the first step for me is thinking about how I would want to be messaged to. What's believable to me? It's the first step, but certainly not the only step. I also make sure that we have diverse opinions around the table. So we we also work with a diversity of partners um, in our partnerships, whether that's influencers, or the brands we work with, or making sure that you have diversity around the table internally 
when we're making different decisions and, you know, the diversity that I show in my, in my marketing messaging and assets, you know, this is all really important to us to uh, be authentic and make sure that when people look at FabFitFun, they can see themselves. Well, it's wholesome advice, isn't it? And, and, and it's so great that you've been able to take uh, these words, these thoughts, these actions and translate them into a business. Leslie, I'm really glad that you found your way out of investment banking and into this sort of discipline to move closer to <laughs> revenue generation. I'll be honest with you because I've worked both with marketers and folks in FP&A over time. My, what I did before this was more in the analytics world. And I can tell you that this side, at least for me, for a certain half of the brain, is, uh, is much more interesting when it comes to that. And especially with regard to today's topic, uh, I'm, I'm so glad that you have found your way to FabFitFun and that you have been able to grow it in such uh, in, in the way that you have. Um, these past 30 minutes have certainly brought happiness and well-being to my day, and hopefully it's done so with our listeners as well. And of course, listeners, hey, if you're looking for access to cool stuff and you are interested in, hey, what's this fat fun? I've heard about them. I've seen their Instagram and they seem pretty cool. I mean, go over to FabFitFun on Instagram. Go to FabFitFun.com. Get the box. And you can do all that, and I'll put a link in the description about how you can do it, of course. But I'm glad that you've had these uh, past half hour uh, of your time to listen in to the, the words directly from the top. So, Leslie, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show today. It was a pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me. I agree with you completely. Happy to be here. Thanks so much to Leslie Emmons Berthay from FabFitFun for joining the show today. I wasn't kidding. That was a really enjoyable conversation and it brought happiness to my day and I'm hoping that it brought happiness to the day of our listeners. So thank you for coming on. If you enjoyed this show, you want to hear more, oh boy, do I have something in store for you. Go to this website. You're going to hear a bunch more. Podcast.vavoom.co. I have done so many of these episodes. You have 50 or 60 hours of content. Learn from the leaders of the best brands in the world about how to build better relationships with consumers, about how to build more authentic brands. We do this three times a week, and so that list keeps on growing. But to that note, if you have something to suggest, feel free to connect with me personally on LinkedIn or join our little community, Authentic Influence Podcast, which is a showcase page on LinkedIn. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know who should be on the show next and I'll do my best to make that happen for you. Starting with right now, I got to go. I got to bring another fantastic brand on this show and learn about how they mobilize their masses to become more authentic each and every day. So I got to run. But until next time and for Authentic Influence, I've been your host, Adam Connor, and you'll hear from me again next time. <laughs>